Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college half of our flagship pod here at Campus DeCanton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. It's uh, it's uh, another week here, Colin. Another uh, another busy one with us working toward getting this freshman guide done. Oh, yeah. Um, we're really in the heat of it now. So uh, we're starting to make, at least I am, uh, rethinking some things that I thought about this class, you know, when you really have to put your name and sign it next to a, a set of rankings, uh, all of a sudden it becomes much more real. So I don't know yeah. about you, but as I've been writing, I've made some some small tweaks to uh, to my rankings and obviously talking with everyone in, the, in, in our Slack and, and kind of working through all these things. It's been, in my in my opinion, maybe the the most important part of the process. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think it's... It's an important part of the process to finalize some of these grades, like as we're going through and watching them like one last time, but as we're writing them up, bouncing ideas off of people. I saw your uh, question about Ruben Owens, your comment mm -hmm. about Ruben Owens, you know, and I, I find myself doing that a lot with prospects at this time, you know, seeing what I see, confirming with some other people. Am I crazy? Um, and anything that confirms my priors is obviously... Good. Yeah, it's preferred over everything else. Duh. Yes. Yeah. No-brainer. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yes, Ruben Owens is one guy um, to use as an example um, that I liked. I think he was my RB6 uh, about a month ago, and I've kind of just been reshuffling some of these guys around a little bit at the top of my list here. Um, and I think it's important. Like there, there are things that I don't like about Ruben Owens. Right. But then I think about, you know, with the way he plays, does it matter that much? And that's kind of the discussion you start having with some of these guys. So um, just, you know, spoiler, we're going to talk all freshmen here tonight. We're actually going to be comparing uh, this year's class uh, to last year's class, purely coming out of high school as prospects, not what we think of 2022 now with a year uh, of, you know, added hindsight here for us to look back on purely when they were coming out of high school. We're going to look at last year's class, this year's class, talk about where we think uh, this year's class is maybe stronger, maybe it's weaker, um, and, and just kind of our top tens at each position, basically. We'll talk more about the nuances here in just a second, but Owens is a guy that he's now my RB4. He was my RB6, so he, he's a guy that's bumped up for me, uh, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do uh, at Texas A&M there. Glad you're coming around on Ruben Owens. I have him as my RB4 as well, and we can discuss more about that when we get to to the running back portion of it but i think another important disclaimer here is these are and i confirmed this with you prior to the show um these are our recruiting grades so some of the players like in my c2c rankings did not strictly reflect reflect like my recruiting grade like some guys i bumped up a little bit higher if they were going into a good situation that i felt more confident projecting uh, some CFF value moving forward. Um, like I had DJ Allen and Talon Shetron, um, not to get too far in the weeds here. I had them as C2C prospects ahead of as Preston and Evan Stewart, but just as pure grades, I had Stewart and Preston ahead of Allen and Shetron, if that makes so sense. So here, here's the thing, because um, so this is our first year with a uniform, grading system right that also plays a role for all of the players we're all grading off the same rubric um we're all saying you know if, if a guy is is above a 0.8 uh 
in our system. And I'll describe our system here again for those that maybe have missed it. Uh, as we've talked about it on some recent episodes, uh, above a 0.8 in our, our ranking is essentially, you know, the equivalent roughly of of like a five star. That's a tier tier one guy for us uh, above like a 0.7 in our rankings is, is kind of the equivalent of a four star. It's a rough equivalent. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, it's it's not necessarily you know easy to to make that comparison. Um, but we're all using uh, the same rubric and that rubric does factor in landing spot. So, you know, you're talking about that last year after this year, you shouldn't have to make any sort of manual adjustments. There is a very small section in there that factors in um, both the team, you know, the coaching staff, how big the program is, obviously power five, probably a better likelihood of NFL uh, uh, future Debbie value than than uh, a guy going to Appalachian State or something like that. Uh, it also takes into account the depth chart. And I know these things are shifting. Um, so it's a very small portion. For instance, I believe our wide receiver grade is out of 70 something points and the depth chart is two and a half points and the roster and like the team, the, the program is two and a half points. So it's not a, a not a big portion, but it's enough that it can kind of shift some of these guys uh, when they're close and make some some tie breaking uh, situations there. So yeah. after this, you know, starting this year, you don't have to really see, clarify that you're just saying, you know, right. this is what it cranks out to. I'm, I'm looking at the numbers here and, and this is what I've got. Yes. Yeah. And our. Uh, system like you said it, it's we're using that uniform grading template now M- my p- old grading system i had a small i had a one line that factored in um so i i had a couple of lines i've had one line that factored in program and it was um a z- zero one or a two if it was a two it was it's like you know blue blood power five alabama ohio state um, those guys. And if it was a one, there was another power five school. Zero was a G five. And then I also factored in star rating, um, with a one, two or three rate, zero, one, two or three rating. But that way the combination of those two added about five points on, and this time it adds a little bit more on it's, it's structured differently than it I was, do. than I structured it myself before. Yeah. And spoilers. I know, you know, this stuff isn't scientific. There's a lot of subjectivity as we watch some of these guys. Our grades are all different. Um, uh, uh, Matt, big wide receiver guy, part of our recruiting team, has a sheet that shows you how far or close you are to the consensus rankings uh, here at the site. So at any given time, you can go in and look and see uh, how far apart you are. Um, But I, I do make some manual kind of adjustments after the fact for like, like I'm not just going to kill a five-star guy. Like right. there have been five-star guys that I don't, I, I just flat out don't really enjoy watching. I don't think they're that good. Um, I'm so, always so hesitant to just put that guy as like, you know, wide receiver 50. Yeah. So I think at some point the pedigree has to factor in somewhat. So I will, after the fact, maybe do, do a slight amount of, of tinkering just to kind of, you know, bump the guy up. A little bit uh based on what uh what that is but um overall i mean other than that you know i, I kind of just let everything speak for itself and um um that's it i don't know i mean this is our first year doing it i i like our consensus rankings i think they're really really good like as i look at them i think about it and i'm like you know i, I think this all makes sense you know maybe i don't really like you know this maybe I, i'm souring on cam selden for instance i'm getting a little worried about him i, I don't know what position he's going to play 
at Tennessee. I know he's a big athletic guy, the running back there, uh, well, wide receiver, according to them. We all think he should be a running back. Right. Um, I've, I've soured a little bit on him. I, I'm now lower than our consensus, but I think that you know, where, you know, us as a group has him is probably correct when you're advising, you know, the masses as to where they should be drafting some of these guys. So I think overall the rankings look pretty good. They'll be locked in here in a couple of weeks as we wrap up the guide. Um, and uh, then we, uh, then, yeah, then it'll be locked and loaded. We'll be getting that guide out on March 1st and uh, hopefully in time for everybody's supplemental drafts. I don't think I have any before that. And I play in some DGen leagues that go like before <laughs> all the spring games and stuff are done. Um, but I, I would have that before every single one of mine, I think. Yeah, I will have it before every single one of mine as well. Um, I think if you're doing a supplemental draft this early, you're doing yourself a disservice because uh, there's a lot still that's going on. Jaden Rashada isn't even at a school. Deuce Robinson isn't even at a school. You know, you're you're gambling pretty heavily by doing it now, and I just I, I don't think there's any reason to do it now when you can wait another month and have a lot more information. I will say it does give you some pretty mean uh, steals if you can sneak them in. I know we have one that's an auction. Right. And Marvin Harrison Jr. ended up going fairly cheap because it was before he had you know, lost his, his, uh, his black stripe or whatever on his helmet at Ohio State there. It was before there really was a ton of spring hype. And I think he ended up being like the eighth most expensive or seventh most expensive receiver off the board or something like that. So that guy obviously got a steal. And if we'd done that three weeks later, probably uh, would have gone for a lot more there. I know I would have been uh, bidding him up at least. So um, it's, 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 it's risky. We talked about this on WDB last week. C2C is an information game. Yes. More so even than like redraft and dynasty at this point, the market is so saturated with information that if you want to find something, you can find it very, very easily. I think there's still a lot of edges in C2C leagues when it comes to information because it's not readily available. You really have to look for it. Um, we're trying to have that not be the case in a lot of areas. Um, obviously, Old Dominion always going to be a chore no matter <laughs> no matter what we try to do there. Um, notoriously tight-lipped, and quite frankly, no one really cares about Old Dominion. So, um, But... Uh, it's it, we're, we're trying to level that playing field a little bit, but yeah, the, the information now before spring, before you even know what's uh, death charts are even kind of going to look like is just a really tough proposition. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the things that honestly draws me so much to C2C is that you can have all of this information. You can use all of our stuff over at the site right now. You can use all of this information. Listen to all of us who are, pretty plugged in and I think do pretty good job evaluating things like players and situations and something can happen in the spring. And it just kind of throws a lot of that out the window for, for a specific room um, or a specific player, you know, like transfers happen all the time. And, you know, sometimes players break out in college that it took a little bit and you kind of wrote them off for dead. And now all of a sudden they're back. So the, the landscape of college football changes so much that especially during the springtime, that even if you have a lot of information, you know, it can still change in in two months once springtime starts. Like I feel pretty good about how I have a, at least the top part of my ranking set up now. And once spring ball starts, that could definitely change. 
I do regularly advise people when they ask me, when should I do my supplemental draft? I, I, my first question is always, how new is everybody in your league to the format? And if it's, you know, this is, this is our only C2C league and it's a bunch of us and we all kind of know each other. My answer is always do it in June. Yeah. Do it in July. There's no reason to rush it and do it now. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, the, uh, dynasty, even, you know, people still scoff at doing rookie drafts before the NFL draft. Cause we don't have the draft capital piece, but you have, everything else a thousand scouting <laughs> reports on zay flowers if you want to read about zay flowers who seems to be very topical at the moment um and we have you know four years of college production and um you know the the senior combine. bowl or the shrine bowl and the combine and um all sorts all of these, different mock yeah. drafts from people that are supposed to be plugged in and and, and things like that so uh, we don't really have any of that um so i wouldn't uh i i wouldn't really recommend uh, doing it this early uh, unless you're just looking for a crazy challenge and you're not going to get frustrated with messing up a bunch. Yeah. Uh, swinging and missing this early in the year. Cause that's what's going to, even if you are the most plugged in person in the world, you will swing and miss at a pretty high rate drafting it in f- January, February, even March. I mean, like I said, I have, we have that one league. We're both in it. Actually, it's a total D gen league. It's like 20 teams. It's full IDP. Um, it's like you know single college copy double double nfl copy it's it's like this huge built out thing um and that that that's the one that i have early and it honestly is probably it's one of the more fun ones because it's just chaos but like yeah. fun, you know chaos and fun like doesn't necessarily connect to like being a smart decision <laughs> right like you can miss pretty heavily in some of those and that league is four years old like there are like a lot of people that were you know like og like you know just total degenerates in that league that you know yeah. we're doing this stuff before there was anything on twitter and you're you know searching newspaper you, you've got 50 <laughs> newspaper subscript online newspaper subscriptions across the the country to like the you know the the local lsu paper and the local you know central michigan paper it's there and it, there are there is a, a section of those people out there they're, they're yeah. fun to play with for sure yeah yeah all right, so let's let's uh, hop into this call in, and this is we we reached out to our NIL members uh, at campusdecant.com. We asked them, "Is there anything you want to hear us talk about?" They t- tossed out a bunch of ideas. Uh, some of them we needed a little more prep for slash again, just lack of information. We didn't feel confident or comfortable talking about some of the topics this early. We'll revisit uh, in in April, May, uh, kind of kind of in that time of the year. Um, but but somebody suggested doing this, looking at the top guys in 2022, looking at the top guys in 2023, and kind of waiting and evaluating how the classes stack up uh, to each other. Um, so that that's what we're going to spend the entire show tonight doing, guys. Uh, before we get into that, we are part of the Fantasy Points Media Group. A ton of other great podcasts over there as well. You can find them all in one place at Fantasy Points Live or check out the weekly Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group um so let's let's just uh let's dig right in here colin um and i think you know for the most part i i I, we've touched on all the the pieces of how our evaluations really work at the site just quickly you know 30 second elevator pitch uh we give everybody a grade between you know 1.000 and and 0000 uh 0.8 is or above is a very very good grade we don't have a ton of guys above that just due to the nature of are um, you know scaling and how it works uh, if you go to the campus to Canada website and you pull up the recruiting what rankings on there you can sort not only by position but by individual analyst if you want 
and you'll see a couple different uh, columns there. You'll see our average score, and that is just the basically the consensus averaging all of our rankings together to give you what the average is across the site. There's also the adjusted score. If you look at that, we do adjust after the fact. So like we put all of our rankings in and then the computer will update it for us. The website updates it for us to weight certain positions. Quarterback obviously being the most valuable quarterback gets a little bit of a bump. Um, tight end gets, gets knocked down because for instance, Deuce Robinson might be our highest average grade. You're not drafting Deuce Robinson first in your supplemental drafts. Deuce Robinson, the tight end who has not declared anywhere yet. Um, yes, that's also a problem. That, that That is also a problem. The baseball is a very big problem. Like Deuce Robinson is just like, he is that crazy chick that you're like, just red flag after red flag after red flag or crazy guy. <laughs> and you just keep ignoring it because they're cute. I, <laughs> I love the analogy. I'm not going to say the other answer. Yeah. But yep. mm-hmm. that, you, you ignore yes. all those red flags and, and whoever this other person is. And yep. uh, then you get to the end. You're like, why did I do that? Uh, Deuce Robinson is quickly becoming that person for me. Um, but yeah, so that it does. So the, the, the weighted grade, the, the adjusted grade there. Uh, will kind of give you know a more accurate depiction of where you really should be taking these guys uh, based on positional value in your draft. So without further ado, Colin, let's jump right into quarterbacks here. Let's talk about uh, r- real quickly. Can you just name the your top ten last year? And I, I we, again, we didn't have grades last year, so right. um, I I do have them tiered up, but I don't know that it's worth uh, really talking about. So your your top ten quarterbacks from the twenty twenty two class, Colin, entering yeah. college again. Emphasis yes. on like this is not. How we're viewing them at this moment. If I had to go back and rank, Nick Evers would not be my number five quarterback in the class. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, he would not be my number six either. Um, there we go. But yeah, so last year, uh, before college started, you know, before, um, yeah, but before all, we had all this other information here, my top 10, I had Drew Aller, um, Devin Brown, Gunnar Stockton, Cade Klubnick, Connor Wigman. Nick Evers, Ty Simpson, Walker Howard, Kattenhauser, Taven Jackson. Yeah, it's not that different from mine. I had Devin Brown at one, Drew Alar number two, Klubnick three, Ty Simpson four, Evers five, Wegman six, Taven Jackson seven, Connor Harrell eight, mm-hmm. Gunnar Stockton nine, and Brady Allen uh, ten. Brady Allen got a nice, nice uh, Brom boost there uh, <laughs> that is no longer applicable. I had. Uh... I had Allen and Harrell at 11 and 12. So okay. So they were right outside yours. Yeah. Uh, nice. Um, so looking at 2023 now, Colin, who are your top 10 quarterbacks subject to slight change? Right. Cause we haven't had to officially lock our grades in for the year for till like the third week of February or something like that. Yeah. So my top five uh, are pretty locked in. I don't see these really changing. Malachi Nelson at one, Dante Moore at two, Arch Manning three, Jackson Arnold four, Nico at five. Let's, uh, let's make sure we're, we're saying the school here for the yeah, guys for this okay. year because people may not be so familiar with them. Fair Come enough. On. Good point. Good point. Malachi Nelson, USC, Nelson, Moore, US. UCLA, Manning, Texas, uh, Arnold, Oklahoma, Nico, Tennessee. Yes. So those are pretty locked in as my top five. I don't know necessarily know if I see that changing. The next five, I think, is pretty set too. Um, although we'll see, there could be some minor tweaks here. But that's uh, Lincoln Kineholtz going to Ohio State at six. Sam Levitt, Levitt uh, going to Michigan State at seven. Jaden Rashada going, we don't know where, formerly committed to Florida at eight. 
Austin Novasad going to Oregon at nine and Aiden Childs at Oregon State at 10. All right, Colin, you and I are not much different, it sounds like, here then. Um, Malachi Nelson is one for me in USC. Dante Moore to UCLA at two. Arch Manning to Texas at three. Those guys are all in my tier one here this year. Jackson Arnold, number four, headed to Oklahoma. Kenny Minchie headed to Notre Dame at five. Nico at six to Tennessee. Sam Levitt headed to Michigan State at seven. Aiden Childs at eight. And again, Oregon State. I have Pierce Clarkson at nine going to Louisville. Oh. I don't know how good I feel about that, but after, I mean, eight's really kind of the drop-off spot for me. And the number 10, I do have Lincoln Kineholtz headed to Ohio State. So um, that's that's my current 10. Um, go ahead. What were we saying? I was going to say, Kineholtz did get a nice bump um, going to Ohio State instead of Washington. He probably jumped up like two spots for me ahead oh, of see, he actually and Rashada. He actually initially dropped for me with that decision. Yeah, I kind of initially thought about that, but I think at the end of the day, when you're looking at the Debbie potential, it's better at Ohio State. And from what we're hearing now, it seems like these guys are willing to go to Ohio State, sit for two years and get one year of one to two years of starting production in and just kind of rely and hang their hat on that and Ryan Day's system and, and the Ohio State name. It's kind of the way it seems like it's trending right now. Here's the thing. Until that works, I'm not sure I believe in that as like a legitimate path to future NFL success. Because we, we can't credit Burrow today. Like Burrow came in right. before day right. and left before this whole train with him really got rolling there. So without him, like we haven't had Jack Miller. He The only thing we've seen from him is he just went and got absolutely destroyed in a bowl game for Florida. Like we have no other... We have no other comparison here worth making with these guys. So I don't know that I feel that great about that path. Like I think these guys need to be starting within two years. Rayola is the big one that helps, in my opinion. Dylan Rayola, 2024 QB, who was committed to Ohio State and dropped his commitment. um, Opened it up. Yes, he's now looking, shopping around a little bit. Um, That did help Kineholz for me. And that actually ended up bumping him just a little bit. I just don't know like what Ohio State's ever going to do. Like they're so, so concerned with getting a five-star quarterback in every class if they can. Like it's it's borderline inappropriate on their their whatever. Like most of these schools don't really do that. Like they'll go find some four-star guys to plug the gaps, but they won't really go for that guy. Ohio State tries to swing that home run every single class. Yeah. So I, Rayola seemed like their guy for next year. So they just that might not be an option. I've heard them sniffing around. Uh, another five-star Jaden Davis a little bit. Um, <laughs> Isn't yes. Michigan pretty connected to him? Michigan thinks they are. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not so sure. Uh, it sounds like he's kind of flirting, but like not really. They're very non-committal in talking about them. Um, but um, so, but yeah, I mean, so so that that did help Kineholz uh, a little bit for me. I mean, I think realistically, after after eight. QB eight, Aiden Childs in my ranking. So, so again, Nelson, Moore, Manning, Arnold, Minchie, Nico, Levitt, and Childs. I, I think there's a really big drop off there um, in terms of a value in this class. Where where is your point of cutoff here with these guys? Yeah, I think that's a pretty good point of cutout. Our point of cutoff, honestly. Um, and I do have, I've Minchie in my quarterbacks. I have, uh, Minchie at 11 and Avery Johnson at 12 
round out my top 12 there. But I think there's a gap. There's a tier for me after the top five. And then I think I have uh, the next five pretty close together in Kineholtz, Leave It, Rashada, Novasad, Childs. Uh, Minchi, not too far behind them. I would probably clump them as a tier. And then Avery Johnson and, you know, Pierce Clarkson, Ricky Collins, some of those guys down there a little bit further. Um, so I think there's actually two fairly distinct tiers here for me. It's one through five and then like six through 11. Yeah. And you'll see, like I, I've regularly on this show and other shows kind of poo pooed Nico. Like, I'm not sure that I'm a believer in him long term, but I just think Tennessee is such a good spot for him. Like, yeah, it's I, it's perfect. We just watched Joe Milton <laughs> tear up a bowl game two years ago. Joe Milton was <laughs> one of the worst power five quarterbacks in the country and looked like just like what mentally like what it would look like if you put me out there essentially yeah. <laughs> totally lost no situational awareness whatsoever uh what did he do at the end of that old miss game and he did he uh he he ran it out of bounds yeah on like fourth yeah. down or or with like no time on the clock or yeah. anything instead of heaving it um and yeah. and yeah he looked more than competent in the bowl game i would say i don't, I don't think he was like amazing i still think there's a lot of issues by the way, did you see him on? I was watching. I watched a bunch of college basketball this weekend, uh, and on like the game day, uh, they were at Tennessee for Tennessee Texas, and they brought Joe Milton out to shoot half court shots, <laughs> and he shot like two or three, and then they were like, "Just pick up a basketball and see how and and, th- and see how far you can throw it." And he, he turns around and he goes, "Where you want it at?" And they go, "Just <laughs> as far as you can go." And he goes, "Okay," and just pick, just rips it like up into like the upper deck. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> he couldn't hit the shot so they're just like throw it as far as you can the shots weren't close at all so they were they were like (laughs) just pick that sucker up and and fling it give us some uh, sort of entertainment he sure did so um (laughs) fun just joe milton story so um but yeah i mean i i I, um i don't know i mean and and just like i've dropped avery johnson a little bit talking with some of the guys i know a few of our team really really like him and he uh, he came in our our uh, national sign or early signing day show and chatted with us a little bit. Good kid. He's just so small that I'm very very worried about him at Kansas State. Um, like I don't know what he's list what he's going to be listed at there. I haven't seen if they've updated him on their website yet, but um, I can guarantee whatever they're listing him at, he's probably going to be an inch or two shorter and probably did not weigh as much either, like ten pounds less. He's like realistically i think he's like five nine 170 like he's not a big dude at all i know we talk about bryce long being a short bryce young being a short outlier and this dude would like makes bryce young look like a giant truly and i didn't know i don't know if i knew that he was five nine he's small man i don't know again i don't know what they're gonna list him at that Um, makes it a really i'm gonna have to go back and look at that i'm because i have him as my qb12 right now um, and I think that there's a definite um, drop off between him and Minchie. Dude, they have him listed at six two on their website. There is a z. There is a less than zero percent <laughs> chance that he is six two. Guys, just just putting out there. Unless this dude just had the most massive say, added- growth spurt, there's zero chance. He's playing a bunch of farm boys from Kansas, and he's not. He's he's way smaller than all of them. Now he's fast as hell. And he's yeah. got a pretty good arm. 
but there ain't no way he's 6'2". And I, I mean, they have him listed at 175, and that might be generous too. I'm honestly not sure. Yeah, I was gonna say, I thought I remembered him being like kind of tall, at least listed. Um, because yeah, on three and 24-7 sports both have him listed as 6'2. Yeah, so I don't I believe know that for that a second. Small. Okay. I do not believe that for a second. No. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what he ends up getting uh getting listed at. Because if he is that small, I told that you, is on, definitely on the, a concern. Oh, like if he makes it to the NFL? Are you saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think just in general, if he's that if he's actually that small, that it's definitely a concern. My honestly, my biggest concern about Avery Johnson is Will Howard in front of him. Will Howard looked pretty good at the end of last year, and he has another two years of eligibility. Uh, wa- wa- is it Will Howard or Walker Howard? Will Walker, Walker Howard is the five star. There's no from relation. Last they year. get me every damn time. <laughs> two. Are you sure they're not related? They have the last name, I'm same last name. Sh- they both played football. You know what, Colin? You've made this mistake enough times on the show that I don't want to follow exactly. your, your lead with that one. I'll uh, I'll not touch that. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, what about what about your combined class rankings here? Yeah. So combined, if I go ahead and look at these guys, um, the top two guys are from 2023. I don't Same. think it's that complicated malachi nelson and dante moore would have been the top two backs looking at last year's class they're the top two backs or yeah quarterbacks in this year's class i just technically backs you just cut off quarter instead of running (laughs) kind of kind of the more important (laughs) part there actually yeah um quarters i'm just gonna call them quarters um then i do have brown devin brown and drew alar right after that these are all guys that i had tier one last year i know again that distinction doesn't necessarily mean as much for last year but uh i i liked brown a lot i liked alar a lot um, and then Manning right behind them. Those are all the tier one guys I've had in the last two classes. So, you know, the top five after them, Jackson Arnold, Kate Klubnick, Ty Simpson, uh, Kenny Minchie, Nico, Nick Evers, Connor Wegman, Sam Levitt. How many are you going? 20? 20 total. Okay. Yeah, I just mixed and match all of them. Aiden okay. Childs. Taven Jackson, Connor Harrell, Gunnar Stockton, Pierce Clarkson, Brady Allen, and then Lincoln Kineholz is the last one there. So I mean it's it's you know, it's it's actually a pretty decent mix throughout mm-hmm. beyond the top two being this year's like it's it's two twenty-three, two twenty-two, two twenty-three, two twenty-two, you know, kinda kinda back and forth um through through most of it actually. Um, but I, I, I do think the top five or six weight pretty well to this year's class here in terms of comparison to last year's class. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, it's the top 10 for me is split evenly five and five. Um, I, my top two are the same. I have Nelson and Moore as one and two. I have drew a at three. I have Arch Manning at four and Brown at five. They're not separated by a lot for me. And I think were I to go back and grade Brown, using this same criteria, he would probably score out ahead of Arch. But if we're just using strictly the grades that we have, I do have Arch at four, Brown at five, Stockton at six, Klubnik seven, Wigman eight, Arnold nine, uh, Nick Evers 10, Ty Simpson 11. And then it's all the uh, 2020 class of 2026 or tw- like these guys from this year, Nico, Kineholtz, Levitt, Rashada, um, Nova Sad, Childs, Minchie, and then Walker Howard and Taven Jackson. So 
I think that's also a combination of that cluster there being being twofold. One, the new grading template, and two, um, I just didn't think that all that highly of Howard and Taven Jackson last year. Yeah, I mean, you listen, Howard's not even in my top 10. I think he's yeah. like my QB 14 or something. I thought it was very obvious that he was not a five-star caliber quarterback. Agreed. Um, I there- think he had like a lot of solid traits. I think he was just a he was a high floor guy. I think his ceiling is like a backup NFL quarterback. Like that's his best case scenario. Yeah. Um, he, he was a weird one. Uh, definitely uh, didn't understand that at all uh, last year. Uh, Chris Pizzina is my guy this year, in case you're wondering the five star that I think. Is <laughs> I just wrote good. him up today. Did you? I did. Yeah. He's like my QB, like 18 or something. I really, really don't yeah, see he's anything. Low. He wasn't productive at all in high school, not to get totally off topic. The kid wasn't productive at all in high school. He struggled against not very good competition. He, like, they, he has some rushing potential, but he's never done anything off script in his entire life. Like, even the rushing stuff he did in high school was all like quarterback draw, you know, QB, QB smash, or whatever. Like, it was just, it was designed plays to get him rushing because he is huge. Yeah. Like, he's like 6'5, 225. Um, and like and none of the top schools like the QB factories wanted him at all. Like he's from he's from Alabama. Alabama never offered him. He had offers technically from um Georgia. I don't know if these were committable, but he had a couple of other power five he, offers. Yeah, he didn't have USC, he didn't have Ohio State either. Like he no. didn't have kind of the big ones that I'm looking at when I'm considering some of these yeah. quarterbacks, especially for a five star kid. Like you would think if they're actually good. They would have gotten some of these offers and they really never did. And I don't think just like it's it's tough to kind of always piece together these timelines. I don't remember ever hearing that like he was George's plan A if he if he did get an offer there. Um and, and same with some of these other schools. So I really think Clemson brought him in. Like it's no su- secret. Like Klubnik's the guy there. He's brought mm-hmm. in to be a backup for the next two years. So I don't even know like how high like how highly they value him yeah you know it's just i i, I don't get the busyness stuff at all i probably wouldn't take him until like the eighth or ninth round of a supplemental draft this year he technically did have an offer from again i don't know how committable this is i was pretty sure when i wrote it up i did see he had an offer from ohio state he did have an offer from ohio state and georgia oh, and LSU. He got that ohio state one late he didn't as of yeah it's definitely possible he got it late um but it was pretty much he was just always connected to clemson like that was isn't just he, isn't he an auburn legacy too that, which is also very weird to me i'm pretty sure he is that yeah that i don't know um but yeah i don't i don't think very high not to get too off topic there i don't think very highly of him either um i think he has a decent arm and he's athletic enough that he can kind of like you know get out of some situations in the pocket there so if you watch his highlight tape um, you know, you'll pick out some things like, okay, you know, maybe there's something to work with here. But if you actually watch like a full game of his, like we have a couple of cutups um, of, of some full games and it's just night and day difference. Like, yeah, you don't see any of this stuff consistently at all. It's bad. Like it's he's, bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he is a, a, he's definitely not a high power five level player. I don't even know if he's a power five level quarterback at this point. Yeah, it's going to take a lot of work there. 
Um, so I mean, we're, we're in agreement. We think this year's class is better than last year's, but um, yeah, overall top. To bottom, I, I mean, I, I, I will say though, I was, I was probably happy last year through QB six. And then I was questionable about it. Mm-hmm. Connor Wegman was my QB six. Um, and then after that, the, that was the end of my tier two. And then those other guys were all uh, in the next tier down. I, I do think the, the tier extends again, like I said, to, to, to player eight this year in my ranking. So I think okay. it's, you know, slightly deeper at the top and the, the top two guys are better. Yeah. So overall, probably a better quarterback class. Uh, based on what I've seen so far from next year without diving that deep into it, I think it's a better class than next year too. So if okay. you've got an early first this year uh, or one of these guys slides to you a little bit, I think that's the direction I'm going if you're looking for one of these top guys in a supplemental draft. I think it just makes makes sense to do it that way. Yeah, kind of like we were saying last year, uh, that was the year you wanted to get your running backs. Like this year, you know, if, especially all things being equal, I'm probably going to pull the trigger on some of these quarterbacks a little earlier than some of the other positions. And I do really like the wide receiver class, which we can get into there at that point too, but just positionally and some of these top guys like go this year, like, I mean, Dante Moore going to UCLA, you know, that's not a QB factory or anything like that, but like Malachi Nelson at USC, Arch Manning at Texas with Sark, um, Jackson Arnold at Oklahoma, you know, Levy's there too. You know, they, these are these guys are going to like some of the top tier programs. Yeah, they are. Yeah, it's it's a nice combination. I think the depth charts are set up for a lot of them too. Yes, to do the sit a year and play strategy, which I think is probably overall the best. Most of these kids aren't ready when they get there. Right. Um. So if you can find a spot where they are, they're going to sit for a year, learn the offense, learn you know where to eat lunch, and all that kind of crap, and then uh, uh, take take the range year two. I think that yeah. you'll, you'll Nelson at USC, Caleb Williams says one more year, Dante Moore at UCLA. We've had some discussions behind the scenes. I think he sits the majority of the year. Colin Schley's there. I think they 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 intend for Schley to start the whole year. Um, a few of us disagree with that, but I, I think that's the plan for him right now. Uh, Arch obviously at Texas with Ewers, Jackson Arnold at Oklahoma, Dylan Gabriel literally only has one year left. Um, uh, uh, Nico at Tennessee, Joe Milton only has one year left. Like a lot of these guys, I'm pretty sure Sam Levitt going to Michigan state. I'm pretty sure Peyton Thorne only has one year left. So yeah. like a, a lot of these guys are really, really set up where, um, they, they're going to do the sit and then play, uh, unless yeah. something crazy happens in next year's class. But I kind of doubt it for most of these places. I think they're pretty locked in at this point. So yeah, I would agree with that. All right, let's flip over to running back here, Colin. Um, I actually really liked my running back rankings from last year as I was looking back on them from uh, I think I pulled, I think my last ranking update last year was March 1st in my, my own personal ranking. So um, not too far off where we are now. Um, so I think this year's class at running back compared to last year's class is pretty bad. I like the top nine to 10 backs though, overall. And then after that, it's just really, really, really iffy. So last year's class, looking at looking at it, Colin, I, I did have Jadon Blue one, who's at Texas. I had Singleton second at Penn State, uh, Branson Robinson third at Georgia, Trevante Citizen fourth to Miami. That was my tier one for last year. And then Jamarian Miller for Bama was five. Ramon Brown, a guy that got buried by Roman Hemby this year at uh, Maryland. I had him number six. George Petaway for UNC at number seven. Jordan James at Oregon, who did get a little bit of run there at eight. Javante Barnes at Oklahoma at nine, and then Katron Allen at ten. Was my oh, top you had Katron in your top ten? 
I did. He was like my RB five up until he actually dropped like during okay. spring. I was because they kept talking about Singleton. I was like, oh god, like Katron just gonna get nuked. And then I do believe if I pull it up here real quick, I had Judkins literally two players later, Genty in that range, Andrew Paul, Cartavius Norton, Jalen Glover, Ollie Gordon, Damian Martinez were all in my top twenty. So okay. um that was kind of the net, but I mean that was I mean an embarrassment embarrassment of riches i'm just looking at last year yeah. like i had last year's class was so good that i had i had a marion hampton at 26 what would he be this year rb is your rb 26 26 yeah wow that's yeah. crazy i was i was low on him as well i think i had him at like 20 maybe so i guess not that much further off but and you want to you want to talk about somebody who um like rb's 31 32 and 33 for me colin oh boy Trevor Etienne, Rashad Dabinian, Jade Knott. In retrospect, maybe should have been a little bit higher there. Uh, <laughs> probably probably the biggest misses there for me. Um, but some other ones that I really liked last year, I had Marlon Gunn at ECU there as my top G5 back. I still mm-hmm. really like him a lot. Um, obviously, uh, a lot higher on guys like Genty. Um, and still, like, Martinez at 19 is still, you know, and I think the services had him at, like, 40. Like, I didn't, I didn't dislike him um fading Rayshon luke fading uh, emmanuel henderson <laughs> tavoris jones emmanuel henderson like i think we did a good job of kind of fading a lot of the guys you should have faded um but uh obviously uh some of these guys uh, hurts a little bit looking back on it but what are you gonna do you live and you learn you live and you learn um i you said about fading tavoris jones that was not me i had him as my yeah RB. i remember you really liked i him. had him as my rb12 in the class um, so my rankings, my top four were identical. Jaden blue, number one, uh, Nicholas Singleton, number two, Branson Robinson, three, uh, Tremonte citizen, number four. And those yeah. were also my tier one guys. Uh, then five, same there. I had Jamarian Miller six. I had Le'Veon Moss seven, Andrew Paul, eight, George Petaway, nine, Katron Allen, 10, Quinshawn Judkins, 11, Trevor Etienne, 12, uh, Tavoris Jones, Ramon Brown, 13, 14, Javante Barnes. So I had some of those guys mixed in there, but um, I felt pretty good about mine kind of looking back on it. Definitely too high on Paul, definitely too high on Petaway. Um, you know, but I, I think I had some, some solid hits in there. For I actually think Petaway looked pretty good last year. So I know maybe seven was too high, but I am not ready to necessarily write that dude off. There. You yeah, I liked see. him. I thought he was talented. Um, my my biggest concern with him was size because I think he was what like 190. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, can he get to like 210? Probably not. He's probably more like the 200, 205 range, which isn't bad. But that was honestly like one of my bigger concerns with him. Well, that's the, the rest crazy of thing I liked. You want to talk about size? I mean, looking at some of the top guys in last year's class call, I mean, I know Blue was listed at 205 and he's listed at like yeah. 195 now. So we thought yeah. that he had good size but if you look at all of these guys that you, you hear us talking about in our top 10 top 15 like all of these guys were already 210 215 plus mm-hmm. i've never really seen a class like that where the top guys all for the most part already have the mm-hmm. weight this year it's a really big problem if you look at the composite a lot of yeah. the top backs guys like uh cool cabana who's going to michigan who's not in my top 10 he he's undersized um i'm trying to think of some of these other guys is, is Cobb undersized I, I get some i get Cobb and webb 
Uh, Webb's undersized. I think Cobb is. I don't think Cobb's too far off there. I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but I feel like he's like one ninety five ish, one ninety. Yeah. Yeah. Where Webb, so, I think, is like one eighty, one eighty five. That sounds right. Um, I I get those guys confused all the time. Jeremiah Love, like a guy that we did, he's mm-hmm. in our top ten basically just by pure like. I don't really have a choice. Gun to my head. Um he's like a 90 and he doesn't really have much frame to work with. Like there's, there's a lot of guys that you just kind of have to say like, well, who's the least small or like, which Cam- one is it probably going to be the least going to TCU is a guy that I like, but he's small too. He's like, I think like 180, 185. The top of my tier three, I think at this point, basically I refuse to give like, you know, again, our equivalent of a four star to any backs that are super undersized and just flat out. We, you can look at them and know they're never going to get to 210, 215. Um, I, I can't put those guys anything ahead of that, but the whole top of my tier three basically is undersized guys. And then Caden Feegan is like 250 pounds. Mm. He's not actually 250. No, he's, he's big a big though. boy. Um, but I mean, it's just uh, he Caden Feegan going to, uh, to Illinois there. Uh, yeah, very similar to like Josh as an, McCray. Is he listed as an athlete? I think oh, that's a good or question. I haven't looked at his, point. he might've been, I haven't looked at his profile in a while. Um, yeah, I think he was initially, but I think at this point, most of the athletes have been shifted to what their rightful position is. Okay. Like Kenyon Sadiq, for instance, was is a tight end that I like in this class. I think oh, he's my I, five. I always do forget him. He He's an athlete, and I, th- I think he's been switched to tight end. I noticed it with Jeremiah Love, who was listed as an athlete for most of it, and he's now a running back. I think they've shifted most of these guys okay. on, on like 24-7 to, okay. to like whatever position they're probably going to play. That's All right, so that's I mean, looking at the top ten last year, Colin. Let's let's take a look at our top ten this year and, and figure out where they're factoring in. Spoiler alert, guys! It's, it's not looking good for this. It's <laughs> not to say there's no backs in this class. Like I've actually, I, like after like I like my top. I really like my top six, and I think I'm okay. I can stomach taking any of the guys in my top ten, and after that, it gets really, really dicey, really, really quick. Outside of a couple of sleeper type guys that I think. Um, we are amplifying enough that probably won't be sleepers yeah. for that long. Um, so looking at this year's class, Cedric Baxter is number one. He's going to Texas and Roderick Robinson. The second is my number two and he's going to Georgia. Those are my two tier one guys in this class. I really like both of them. Justice Haynes is my RB three going to Bama. We had him on Debbie debate last week. If you want to go and listen to him, his dad, Veron Haynes Steelers legend was on the Super Bowl team when they beat the Seahawks in what? 2005, 2006, uh, Ruben Owens at four. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Going to Texas A&M there. RB, my RB5 is Dontavious Braswell, who's headed to South Carolina. Uh, number six is Kedrick Riscano, who's headed to Ole Miss. Seven is Richard Young going to Bama. Uh, number eight is that Cameron Selden, who, again, we talked about earlier. We don't really know if he's actually a running back or not at this point. <sighs> That's I, tough. I don't have him graded as a running back now. I took him out. He would probably be about there for me. We've been discussing it, and I, I will have to adjust him, I think, and shift him over to a different position. Um, Isaiah Augustov uh, is heading to uh, Arkansas. He's my RB9. And then uh, Jeremiah Love headed to Notre Dame uh, is 10. Um, so what what does your top 10 look like, Colin? Okay. Um, not too far off of that. I mean, I think you nailed it earlier when talking about the size. Like, I, I have a hard time. Like, last year, I liked Gavin Sawchuk, but – given his size, I had a hard time putting him up that high. So it's the same thing with some of these guys here this year too. Um, but my top 10, I have Cedric Baxter going to Texas as my RB one. He's my only tier one guy this year. 
I have Justice Haynes going to Alabama as my RB2. Roderick Robinson, the second, going to Georgia as my RB2, or I mean RB3. Uh, and then there's a little bit of a tear break there, too. And then Ruben Owens going to Texas A&M at four. Kedrick Riscano going to Ole Miss at five. Dontavious Braswell going to South Carolina at six. Uh, Isaiah Agustave going to Arkansas at seven. Jeremiah Cobb going to Auburn at eight. Richard Young going to Alabama at nine. And Caleb Jackson going to LSU at 10. Jackson is my next guy. So um, I'm right there with you. And then uh, Cobb is right behind him. Those are my next okay. two. So I think I covered all 12, like all 10 of yours in my top 12, it sounds like. Okay. Um, yeah, I had um, Quentin Joyner then. As uh, my Joyner 11. is, um, of course, my computer is being difficult. I think I have Joyner at 15 or something like that. So not not too far okay. off. Um, yeah. Yeah. So not, not too far off there, but like I said, I think a lot of it goes with what you were saying there in, in the size. And I think that absolutely plays a role, at least in my like decision-making for my grades. Cause size is a component there, but I'm not afraid to nuke a guy who's too small. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's just, it's really, really tough. If you're spending a premium pick in a C2C league, a startup or a supplemental draft, I really think you can't afford to be taking guys that almost immediately you can almost for, for sure say that there's probably not an NFL upside there. Mm -hmm. Like we just know, you know, for NFL bell cow guys, I mean, sure, you might end up with like a Naheem Hines. If you take Naheem Hines in the same range that you're taking, you know, Nicholas Singleton and and uh, and Branson Robinson and these guys, like at the end of the day, those guys make it to the NFL and go in the second or third round of the draft. And, and Hines go, I don't know where Hines was drafted, round six, undrafted. I don't really know. Yeah, You're not happy about that. And the production that you get in college probably doesn't outweigh any uh, Debbie gains that you could get down the road, yeah. which is why there's, there's a nice balance here at supplemental drafts. And you can kind of start to tweak it you know, at a certain point in the draft and, and really kind of make that pivot from Debbie to maybe more CFF focused at the spot that you, of your choosing, I, I think it kind of varies by person. And it really depends on how your team is looking at any yeah. particular time. Um, but I think you have to have to have to, with running back position, be paying attention to, you know, is this guy potentially an outlier yeah. from a yeah. size perspective? It, it's, it, in my, it's probably not as much of a deal, a big deal for wide receiver uh, and quarterback. Although obviously, if it's a huge issue, then maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't think of a scenario where where I'm taking a guy that's listed coming out of high school at 185 or 190 without just like looking at them and they're just like you know they're really thick and it's like well I think he can gain the weight like they're really broad shouldered like I, I don't think you see that a lot so I I think you just have to, I, I would caution people I probably wouldn't even spend a first three round pick on an undersized guy like Rayleigh Brown was a big no, no for me last year. Petaway was the only one. And even him, I think I was advocating for like a, he was probably an early third round guy. And just because we had seen Michael Carter come through there, I thought he could follow in a very similar path yeah. uh, that Carter had. There was kind of some precedent there. Otherwise I, I wouldn't have made that pick. Yeah. And I, I definitely think that's fair because like you said, with, with the running back position size matters more than the other two. Um, you know, quarterbacks and wide receivers, quarterback height kind of matters a little bit, but we're seeing Bryce young do something. So if you're exceptional, maybe it doesn't matter. And guess uh, Bryce young was like a 
a five star, one of the highest rated quarterbacks of all time. Like that's right. the kind of guy we we're and he's going to Alabama. Like, okay. Yeah. He's not going to Arizona. Right. And you're going and to he's okay, good. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um and I did look it up. Uh, Jeremiah Cobb is listed at 185, which actually kind of surprises me, but his frame looked like it could support more weight than that. So yeah, he's he's not a huge guy. I do actually kind of like him hooking up with uh with our guy, Mr. Freeze, Mr. Freeze there at, uh, at, at Auburn, um, despicable human being, but seems to get pretty good production on the <laughs> running back. So, you know, yeah, uh, but okay. So combining your classes, Colin, your, how, your 2022 <laughs> comprises your top, how many in the, in the combined list of 20, uh, in the combined list of 20, how uh, many is that? Right, four, 15. So like how many backs do you have to go into it before you hit a 2023 guy? Oh, four, four. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cedric Baxter. I have Cedric Baxter behind Trevante citizen, although they were graded very closely together using the same template, like Cedric Baxter is like right around there. Um, Like he's a tier one guy. So I, um, I have blue singleton Branson. Okay, and then I have Baxter, and then Roderick Robinson, because actually Trevante Citizen, as much as we liked him, and I still like him, I think him there at Miami uh, is really uh, interesting because the backfield really doesn't have a ton of talent there along with him. Um, I think he was a little more projection. He, for people that aren't aware or have forgotten, he was literally splitting his time fifty fifty linebacker running back until yeah. late into his senior year, where he kind of made the switch to just running back. So he did have like he had soft hands. Like I thought he was a pretty good receiver. Um, he showed that at some camp settings, and, and there were some occasional catches on his tape. Like he looked good, but he was still very, very raw, and you could tell it. I don't have those projections like issues necessarily for Baxter and Robinson. Yeah. I've seen what they are. I think that's I know what they are. So I'm not uh I, I like both of them just a little bit more. But then Citizen fits in right behind them to round out the top six, all, all my tier one guys. I think with Citizen, one of the big things that separates me is he was a he was a good pass catcher. He was like he was. Stood out. Roderick Robinson is like, an excellent pass catcher too. He might be just as good, if not better. That's fair. I think, I think I see Citizen as a little bit better, but Roderick Robinson is is a good pass catcher. Yes. Yeah. I'm not gonna. You can't. It's hard to knock him for that, especially given his size, speed, like everything else. When you factor that in, I had the pleasure of writing him up for the freshman guide. And um, I have been going back and just kind of rewatching, you know, even if it's just like three minutes of highlights along with my original yeah. scouting report and my original notes, just to kind of refresh me and make sure that I've got this player fresh in my head. And damn, man, he is so good, Roderick Robinson. <laughs> I know we've talked about him so much on this show, so I won't go into it that far, but like he just state state championship against a team that's won like 19 in the past 30 years to put up 200 something yards and four touchdowns like he was their offense he's just he's so good i think he's gonna be the next great georgia back that does wow. okay yeah i i really really do um my last your- four, my last four of the 20 are all from this class like okay it, it's like it's 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 <laughs> It doesn't start at the top and it ends at the bottom. It's not not a great my all of my my uh, in the top sixteen, all ten of my guys from last year's class are all there, and I didn't really okay. think that hard about it. Uh, it's just so wait, how many how many good guys from the twenty twenty two freshman class do you have in your top twenty total? 
Well, it's 10 and 10, so I have 10 in there. Oh, you, what do you mean 10 and 10? I just pulled the 10 from the top 10 from last year and the top 10 from this year and then squished them all together. Oh, we didn't okay. have grades last year, so I can't go in and be like, well, like, you know, this guy oh, was a 0.69, this guy was true. a 0.72, like, like the 0.72 guy. I didn't have that, so I just took the top 10 and smashed them together. Realistically, if I had to look at it and think about it, you know, the where the cutoff is for me, I, I probably would throw Justin Williams in there. I think he's he was my number 11. I think he's better than a bunch of the backs in this year. Uh, Andrew Paul is right there. I think he might be better. Um, but then I, I would probably go to the guys from this year's class. But I mean, I think just the depth of last year's class was just was ridiculous. I mean, I had yeah. Samuel Brown was is at Rutgers. Uh, he had an okay freshman season. He 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 flashed a little bit. He was more be thirty five last year because he's a little thicker, like straight line, mm-hmm. but not necessarily like a lateral athlete at all. I I have some slight concerns like Rutgers. What is Rutgers moving forward? I don't really know. He would probably be like my RB like twenty in this year's class. Like just the depth of those middle tier guys last year's, I think would would have really set that class fully yeah. apart. I and agree. I I think you know looking at some of those things, like I was I was fine to wait on a running back last year in some instances because I just knew there'd be guys that I really liked sitting there. And now whether that strategy always worked out or not can be debated in some spots it did because i got judkins in some places i didn't because i got you know jadarian price who tore his he looked good and tore his yeah. achilles at notre dame so like you know I, probably a death sentence there for him they've, they've got love coming in this year um but i think this year like i'm going to be aggressive taking the top ones because after that it's just bad really really bad yeah i don't disagree with that so i, I think i Maybe I misunderstood the assignment there when we were combining them because I do, I did go based on the grades that I had last year and the grades I had this year. Now it's not a uniform template. It, yeah, so it's, it's just perfect. too tough because it's not analogous. Like that's why I didn't necessarily want to do that for some of these. So do you need to take a minute, Colin, and readjust as we as we talk? No, I'm just going to leave it as is. Okay. Okay. Um, my top twenty, I have Jaden Blue, Nicholas Singleton, Branson Robinson. Javante Citizen, Cedric Baxter, and I have Justice Haynes, Jamarian Miller, Roderick Robinson, Le'Veon Moss. Here's like a big section of uh, of 2022 guys. Le'Veon Moss, Andrew Paul, George Padaway, Katron Allen, Quinshawn Judkins, Le'Veon Moss. I have Le'Veon Moss in here twice. Um, so it went Judkins, ETN, Riscano, Braswell, Agustave, Taforis Jones, Ramon Brown, Javante Barnes. So I only have five guys in there this year. Like I don't like this running back class. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tough, tough class, uh, for sure. And the, the top four guys are all very talented. Like, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Yeah, I, and even you know Braswell. Oh, that's my up. that's my problem. I put Le'Veon Moss in there twice. I was thinking uh, Ruben Owens. Ah, that's ah, where it is. So Ruben so, Owens would have slotted in behind Judkins. Yeah, I I um. We were talking about this today. You know, my big issue with Ruben Owens is that he his deceleration sucks. There are multiple instances of him trying to gear down, and it takes him way too many steps. Like he just can't. Like I don't know if he. It's it's probably somewhat of a flexibility issue, and especially in like his his ankles is where a lot of that those guys you know they 
it's really hard to describe, but if you watch some of these guys at full speed, try to stop real quick, like it's the the quick choppy steps and they have a lot of flexibility in their ankles. I don't know that he has it, but we talked about him and he kind of comps favorably to Trevor Etienne. They have very similar mile per hour times coming out of high school. They're similarly built. Like, I don't know that Owen ever really gets above 210. I think he'll settle in just short of that. So I don't know that the deceleration matters that much because I think he's going to be one of those guys that's very much a one cut. You want to try to get him in space to start off with. You want to do a lot of outside zone stuff. I don't really know that he's a gap guy, which I'm interested to see because if I remember correctly, A&M runs a solid amount of gap type stuff in their their run packages. So I'll be interested to see how he handles it. Um, but I think that they must run some zone as well because Achain um, they, they yeah. ran him quite a bit outside the tackles as well. So it, it, it's it's I'm assuming it's a flexible. Um, set up there but uh, that that's but like you guys you gotta start thinking about some of these things as you really start to nail it down it's like i hate this characteristic about him does it really impact how he plays though like how, how a team should use him at the end of the day if it doesn't then you kind of ignore it and move along so i think people fair. did it with zach charbonnet you didn't you always yeah. love charps but um you know he's not a great lateral mover well you know maybe it doesn't necessarily need, need to be, to be. yeah yeah Everything else he does well. Yeah, that's true. It's a good point. All right, let's hit our wide receivers here, Colin. Um, and this is one where I think the class is... I, I think this year's wide receiver class is better than last year, but I think last year's class was pretty good as well. Yeah. So overall, um, two strong classes kind of back-to-back here with plenty of talent. And I think we'll get a pretty good amount Um of usage out of these guys. What are we, what are your top 10 from last year? Uh, my top 10 from last year, uh, I've Luther Burden at one from Missouri. Uh, Keon Gray's at two Ohio state, Barry and Brown at three Kentucky Shaz Preston at four Alabama, Evan Stewart at five Texas A&M DJ Allen at six TCU Talon Shetron at seven Oklahoma state, Antonio Williams at uh, from Clemson at eight. And to Adam Randall from Clemson at nine, Matthew Golden at 10, uh, Houston. And then I had Isaiah Bond at Alabama, um, Tet McMillan, Andre Green, Jr., Arizona and UNC, respectively. Um, those guys were all were, were pretty close there. Um, overall, how deep did you think last year's class was? Um, I think last year's class was a little, especially in the top 10, I think was a little deeper than this year's. Um, This year's, I really like the top five. And then I do have some question marks about the rest of the top 10 there. Um, So I think it was a little bit deeper last year than this year, but I think the top, I like the top better this year. I, um, I think I mostly agree with that. I feel way better. I'll put it. I feel way better about my tier one guys from this year than I did in last year's yeah. class. Yeah. Um, and it's not, it's not even close. Um, <laughs> last year, my, my top three were uh, Luther Burden, Barry and Brown and Kion Grays. I thought Grays would get enough time in blowouts and things like that to be okay there. As it turns out, he must have just been terrible because they had what was it, Xavier Johnson, I believe his name was, who was like a 
fifth or sixth year walk-on guy who used to be a DB and they switched to wide receiver that was getting kind of like those kind of snaps in those situations. Um, so that that really, really uh, hurt, hurt my soul on that one. But after those guys, I had Talon Chetron at four, I had Matthew Golden at five, I had DJ Allen at six, and due to popular request, I will mention that we were wrong on DJ Allen. Um, <laughs> uh, which was, I mean... I actually ended up having more Jordan Hudson than DJ Allen just because of cost. So yeah, um, I, I had Hudson I, at fifteen, I think. Looking at this, I, he was he was fourteen 15. for me. Yeah. yeah, so he he was just outside my top ten. Um, we'll see. What yeah, Aaron Anderson he ends up doing there yeah. uh, this year. Yeah, uh, number seven Isaiah Bond, uh, number eight Antonio Williams, number nine Adam Randall, and then Evan Stewart at ten. Uh, I think if I remember correctly, I would have had him right at seven above Isaiah Bond and bumped everybody down a spot. Uh, I just hated Texas A&M for him. I didn't think that I thought they would play some seniority roles kind of stuff with him uh, and that he would uh, see the field later in the year. I didn't think they would make the switch to Connor Wegman, who looked competent when he played. Um, so all, all those things together. Yeah, I, I definitely ended up too low on him, um, but uh, is what it is now. Can't uh, can't change. It's all public record. Uh. Yeah, can't change it now. Um, I did have Evan Stewart at five overall for me, but then once we started factoring in like the CFF potential and like landing spot a little bit more, uh, DJ Allen and Talon Chetron did bump up ahead of him for me. So it's probably honestly still a little bit too low on Stewart, but I really, I, I liked his talent. It, a lot of it, uh, did come down to landing spot there too, for me, honestly, but pure recruiting grades had him at five. Yeah, so I mean, it, I think we all hated the landing spot. Yeah, and I think this is the second instance I can remember in my time playing in these leagues where it felt to me like I had to choose one guy over the other because I didn't think the offense, like I, I was, I was iffy on the offense, and I definitely thought if the mm -hmm. offense could support one guy, that they would not be able to support two for sure, um, and that was how I ended up with Justin Jefferson in my initial startup many moons ago and no Jamar Chase. Oh, sorry, the opposite. No, I ended up with Justin Jefferson and no Jamar Chase because I thought they could only support one and I liked Jefferson. No, it has to be the opposite way around. I liked Chase and Jefferson broke out. That's what happened. I was like, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking Justin Jefferson was like a three-star guy, yeah, he came like out of number nowhere. 300 wide receiver in the class. Yeah, I think Chase was a freshman when I – Took him in that league. Nah. nah, he had to have been a sophomore. He had to have been a sophomore because then he sat out the next year. I only got one year out of him. Um, but yeah, and I so I kind of did the same thing with Chris Marshall. So like, even though I didn't like Evan Stewart, I still was picking him over Marshall, and Marshall was in the teens for me. Um, if I had to redo this class, I don't know that Marshall. I think Marshall probably slots right into the back end of the of the top ten. Uh, he's a guy that I do like. He's now at Ole Miss. I think he can be pretty good there uh, uh, for them uh, at Ole Miss. But I don't I actually don't think overall looking at my wide receivers for last year, like I don't think I have the only guy that I think I was probably too low on was uh, Ted McMillan by like a decent amount. And I'm still slightly skeptical about him long term. I had him as my wide receiver 24. Um, but he's again, he's really the only one other than that. I I think we faded where appropriate. I think uh, DG Allen and Grays are probably the only two that we bumped up too high. I mean, I think overall we did a pretty good job on that wide receiver group. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. And your point on Chris Marshall, I think had Chris Marshall gone to Ole Miss right off the jump, uh, he probably would have been, I I think I had, I had him in the low teen or the high teens, I guess it would be. It's probably like 18, 19. If he goes to Ole Miss, he probably bumps up maybe like three or four spots, honestly, because I wouldn't be as, I, I was similar to you. I didn't really love the landing spot for Evan Stewart. If I don't love it for him, why would I love it at all for Chris Marshall? who's not even quite as talented as Evan Stewart. So he would have bumped up a couple spots for me. I was probably too low on Tet McMillan too. He slotted in at like 13, 14 for me, um, right in that range. So Aaron Anderson, I was too high on as well. Uh, I had I liked, Anderson I had Anderson in the 20s. I think I nailed that one. I think you did too. Yeah, I had Anderson at, um, at, at like, four, like 13, 14, like right, right in that range. So, you know, I, I liked his game. I was. I also thought he would get on the field and, and not be a year one zero. And you know, like we've talked about before, um, like you've mentioned, that you can't really necessarily rely on special teams because the ones that just do it through special teams aren't as aren't as common. So, yeah, I agree. The one other guy that I'm really proud of where I had him, and it doesn't sound super impressive or super high. I had Squirrel White as wide receiver twenty nine. Okay. When he was like the in the fifties or sixties or something for the yeah. the services, and I just really liked him going to. I I liked the the landing spot a lot. So he was a guy I had him over, had him over Brent Thompson, mm-hmm. who was a higher rated guy at Texas. Okay. I had him over Samuel Mbake, who became this trendy guy, over uh, a bunch of the Oklahoma guys, over Caleb Burton, who's at Ohio State, uh, over C.J. Smith, who some people really like, Shalik Knotts, Darius Clemens. Like I liked him over all those guys. So I that is one that I want to kind of pat myself in the back for um, no that's a good one uh i was pretty high on caleb webb honestly uh i had caleb webb i think like 16 ish i had 17. webb at 26 i had him right in front of marquarius just because he was the bigger player like you know if we're talking about debbie yeah you're taking caleb yeah. webb 10 times out of 10 so, yeah yeah all right so what do you, what are your top 10 for this year look like then call uh top 10 for this year i have jonte cook going to texas Makai Lemon going to USC, Zachariah Branch going to USC, Brandon Innes going to Ohio State, Jurion Dickey going to Oregon, um, Jaden Greathouse going to Notre Dame, Carnell Tate going to Ohio State, Hakeem Williams going to Florida State, um, DeAndre Moore going to Texas. I I almost feel like I should bump him down a slot or two with Adonai Mitchell coming in there. So he's my wide receiver 10, and I have considered the same thing. So Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Um, Jalen Brown at LSU uh, at 10. And then Shelton Sampson, LSU, Tayshawn Lyons, Washington, Keon Brown, Oklahoma. Those guys are right around in there too. Um, And I'm having a hard time slotting Cam Selden, but I do have him listed as a wide receiver. And I like him just a lot less at wide receiver. Yeah, it's, you almost want to fudge the numbers just so you have him rated highly. So if he does switch <laughs> yeah. to running back, and you're like, yes, I got him on a roster. And it's not, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, I don't think he's a good wide receiver at all. It's just, yeah. uh, I, I like the the player. Yeah, yeah um, I feel you there. So here's here are my top 10 real quick and not that many differences, really. I have I have Mikhail Lemon at one, uh, Jonte Cook at two. I have Zach Branch at three, and I have Brandon Innes at four. Those are all my tier one guys. I feel really, really good about the projection for all of them. Branch is really the only one that's like an Uber athlete, but I think all the other guys are mid 21 miles per hour. Uh, yeah. at minimum, I believe. Uh, and this might be like 20.9 or something like that. 
I think they talked about him on Back to Debbie last week, if I'm, or two, one of the recent episodes. Um, and I, I they cited the number. It might have been like twenty point nine, but that's still fine. Um, yeah. I think the threshold we want is like well, like the lowest you can go is like nineteen point five. So, um, it, it clears that pretty easily. Then I have Jaden Greathouse at five. I don't feel that great about Greathouse at five. We've talked about this on the show, I think, before. I just don't know what to do with him. Mm. I wrote fair. him up. I wrote him up for the guide as well. Like. I don't know that what he does, he's almost like he's not similar play style or anything to Tylen Wallace, but it was kind of the thing with Tyler Wallace that I didn't like a couple years ago. Where I was like, this guy has basically been a boundary jump ball downfield guy. That's not like he cannot do that in the NFL. He's going to have to play more of a possession guy, almost like a Robert Woods ish kind of guy, like with the Rams or around the line of scrimmage doing a lot of work. I didn't know if that was he was capable of it, but I thought like that's what the tools that he had would allow him to do great house is this six two he's listed at like 220 he's got some bad weight i think he can cut some weight and, yeah. and be okay still and he's like ex- extremely explosive downfield and he has uh returned a bunch of kicks for touchdowns and stuff too but like just looking at him athletically like he's not a freak athlete like he's a good athlete so it's like is that what he's going to do at the next level I think he should profile as more of a possession guy. I, I don't really know, but I have him at five for right now. We'll figure it out later. <laughs> Notre Dame is like, if he doesn't play as a freshman at Notre Dame, like you're, he's terrible. Like that's, we'll know it immediately. Yeah. They um, have styles and that's it. And honestly, yeah. like styles isn't a world beater there. You know, they have so many like failed four star guys that again, you know, how we were talking about Howard and Vizina earlier is kind of like guys who are just obviously not, what their ranking suggested they're the graveyard for these guys in the past couple of classes they've got like Dion colsey there who was just like basically just like a big brick like nothing <laughs> at wide receiver they've got tobias merriweather there who i was i did not like at all um there might even be another guy there too as well like it's just i don't know what they're doing and this year's class is very odd as well um so I they've done a very poor job identifying and recruiting wide receivers that they want there. Uh, Jurion Dickey at six, headed Oregon there. Carnell Tate, I don't remember if I heard you say Carnell Tate or not mm-hmm. going to Ohio State at seven. Yeah, he's at seven for me too. Okay, so, so uh, <laughs> Jalen Hale at eight. I don't feel great about that going to Bama. I honestly okay. don't know that he plays at all this year. I'm, I'm, I'll probably have to shift him a little bit. Uh, number nine is Shelton Sampson Jr. He talked about going to LSU, and then ten is DeAndre Moore. So okay. um, that's my top ten. I did bump down Keon, Keon Brown. Talked about it with uh, uh, at CFF Nate uh, Nate Marquise, part of our CFF group. Uh, he had he went to Oklahoma. He's an alum. He uh, follows them pretty closely. He has made it very clear that he doesn't think that he's going to play there at all this year. Um, so that kind of hurts a little bit. Um, so I, I'm still adjusting the wide receivers, tweaking them just a tiny bit. Uh, but those are my top ten. And then right after them, I have Cordell Russell uh, headed to TCU. I don't have it in front of me, so I'm trying to uh, – Hiking Williams headed to Florida State. I think those are my next two guys there. So big athletic freaks that, like, I don't they're, – they're all or nothing kind of guys, and I'm not mm. going waste, to waste a first or second round pick on guys like that. But the third round, yeah, I'll start I'll start thinking about Cordell Russell or Hiking Williams. Yeah, I have uh, Hiking Williams in my top ten. I have him at eight, but I don't I – mean, it's, it's, it's almost more kind of a hedge, like you were saying, like some of these other guys, because, like, his ceiling is just incredible. And that Florida State wide receiver room isn't particularly good. There's just enough bodies in there that I think it could be annoying 
but it's not a good wide receiver room. So he has some early opportunity if he can put it together. But I don't know if he's going to develop at Florida State. So he's one, he's one of the guys that I really don't know what to do with. Yeah, I, I think there's – I have a couple guys like that in this class. Um, like I just – I don't – like I, I like them, and I think I kind of like the landing spot a little bit, but like I just – like Florida State – yeah. next year has just like bodies in the way just bodies these play these are not good players yeah but they're in the way i really like hakeem williams and vandravius jacobs yeah. who's going there as well because remember not only do they have all those guys coming back from last year but they also are reportedly bringing in uh what's his name from two classes ago that we really really liked oh who, destin hill yes they're bringing in Dest fi finally bringing in destin hill who's like gone girl the shit out of us over the past two years and he's back um destin gone girl hill that's his new nickname um he, he just disappeared at the face of the planet now he's back like that's another body like i just it's very hard for these freshmen even if they're really talented if there's just bodies in the room to climb them it's why i'm worried about the the bama freshman i really like jaron hamilton i have him way lower now like wide receiver 18 or something because like Who's going to play Jaron Hamilton or Isaiah Bond, who's already on campus? Yeah. Or even like Malik Benson. Like I, Malik Benson probably gets first crack at it over Jaron Hamilton. Yeah. Like coming in from, from Juco there this year. Even Kobe Press or uh, Kobe Prentice is in the, I, I think in the Prentice room will, there. We'll be competing for the slot. If you're talking about, yeah. Preston's still there. Ja'Cory Brooks is still there. Uh, your guy is still there. Jermaine Burton. Um, Jermaine Burton. <laughs> like it's just, like you don't realize how many bodies are there until Kendrick Law is there. Although I think he's more of a slot guy, so I don't I don't know that there's necessarily overlap there. But and just you know, Anderson guy. is supposed to be a wide receiver now. Yep. Like these are just guys you have to leap, and it's just incredibly difficult. It's yeah. I, I think Bama has actually done a very poor job of talent evaluation at wide receiver over the past couple of years. Like Ohio State brings in a lot of guys. But they have been hitting them more recently, and the room is a lot leaner right now than Bama's is when you look at it. I yeah. so it's it makes for a difficult projection for some of these guys, and LSU, quite frankly, for that matter, does have quite a few guys as well. Yeah. It's not as bad, um, which is why I think I think Samson will play a little bit as a freshman, uh, and I think Brown could as well, Jalen Brown as well, who you had in your top ten. But I mean, I don't feel great about that prediction. Maybe 50-50, 55-45, that they yeah. they they play somewhat i don't know yeah it's tough uh, i have both of those guys i've been brown at 10 and samson at 11 um and it i don't like they have those those two guys are there brian thomas jr's there malik neighbors is there aaron anderson came in um is chris hilton's the one who's still there too right hilton is still there i believe yeah chris hilton's still there kyron lacy who they brought in from louisiana um from ul he's still there uh, he got a little bit of run towards the end of the year there. Like they have some other guys that you just kind of don't even really ever think about. So, I mean, they have, and they might not have a quarterback that's conducive to yeah. get multiple, getting multiple receivers involved. Like if Jaden Daniels is the starter, yeah, then I feel infinitely worse about Samson. Like there's so many variables yeah. with LSU, which is where, you know, again, the information game comes in. I'm probably, Ten, like in our in our auction that we're going to do here first, I probably am not going to target Samson. Yeah, 
unless he's just super, super cheap. Cause I just, I think there's too many unknowns here. I'll probably shoot for somebody who I feel a little better about a depth chart, but we also felt really good about talent Shetron in the depth chart last year. Yeah. That didn't work true. out either. So it can, it can be a, a double side, a double edged sword there for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, with some of these guys. Um, I mean, in terms of combining the classes together, Colin, where how, how does this breakout shake out here for you yeah so i have the the top 10 is uh is, is split five and five okay um, i have jonte cook makai lemon at one and two burden at three burden i feel very good about him he was like a tier one wide receiver um and then i have branch ennis and dickie uh and then kion grays and those were the end of my tier one guys last year i did not have barry and brown in my tier one i liked him a lot he was at the top of my tier two so brown preston shaz preston evan stewart round out my top 10 there so very high on the top tier of guys this year but then there's definitely a gap for me yeah i have uh the top six are are four from this year and two from last year Okay. Um, I I just feel better, but I do have Luther Burden as the top guy between the past two classes, though. Okay. Um, we'll see if that. I don't know. I wish he wouldn't stay at Missouri. Um, but you know, what are we gonna do? So. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe he doesn't next year. Who knows? But I mean, he's a he's he's from St. Louis, so and they're giving him Missouri is giving him NIL deals to keep him yeah, around. So like potato chips and stuff. Yeah, like he's why, got his own like flavor. Yeah. Or something. Why would he? Why would he leave? He's getting NIL deal. He's staying close to home. Like those are two of the, and he's getting playing time. And like those are probably the three biggest reasons that somebody leaves. Yeah. Um. So they're they had tip to Missouri. They're doing a good job of keeping him home and keeping him happy. I wonder even if, how, it, even if we hate it. I wonder how much NIL the rest of those guys are getting. Like, I wonder if they just look at him and he like rolls up in like, you know, some sick car and he's got a bag of his chips that he's eaten. And they're all just like, what the like, I didn't get anything. (laughs) I do wonder if there's any sort of jealousy or or envy. I would say maybe a little bit, but at the same time, um, he wasn't their leading receiver last year. No, but at the same time, like they just they don't have anybody else on that team that would war- warrant bringing in that kind of money. You know, like who's their next highest guy there? Sam cook. <laughs> uh, Jabari, so, Jabari Johnson. I, I'm sure they probably have a guy or two on the defensive side of the ball. I'm just not that well versed in Mizzou's defense to know. They usually have a guy or two on that team that, that ends up being an NFL guy, but yeah, I mean, he's probably the highest profile player on the team. Um, and, and, People don't realize this if you've never like played sports at any sort of decent level. Not that like you know we were going pro or anything, um, but I mean I, I I've been in a college locker room and you played all through high school. Like guys know when somebody else is just better than them. Yeah. Like even if you have an ego and some of these guys say like I believe I'm the best. Like real recognizes real as the saying goes at some point and you're just like yeah like that i love that you said me. that like i i don't disagree with you at all i just love that you said that i i have so far in january 2023 on this very podcast called somebody him yeah and i've said real recognizes real so um 
If you had any money on me saying either of those sayings, you cashed early here in 2023. <laughs> I would not have put the money on that. So. You're welcome. You're welcome. I am open to taking bribes if you got cash and you want me to say something funny on the show. Uh, I will go ahead and do it. So <laughs> point being, I think a lot of the guys in that team probably realize that he is is him probably more talented than everybody else on the team. Yeah. Yeah. Even if yeah. even if they won't admit it out loud subconsciously like you just know. know this dude's like whooping your ass every day in practice <laughs> it, you know he, he got lucky for the 15th day in a row i'm gonna get him tomorrow like no they you, you realize at some point that's that's what's happening yeah um all right Colin. so i think that's gonna do it here for today's show real quick i do just want to highlight i think this year's tight end class is very very good as well mm-hmm. um i have five tight ends that i love in this class uh, and my top three, uh, Deuce Robinson, who, again, undecided, uh, red flag, crazy person central, um, is number one still. Number two is Andrew Rappley, who is going to Penn State. Uh, and then, but I, I, I reserve the right to switch this before we go to press. Uh, I have uh, Pierce Sperlin, who's going to Georgia, as my tight end three. And I have just like the biggest man crush love fest ever <laughs> for Pierce Sperlin. I think he's kind of a freak. So all those guys are really, really good though. And then uh, the guys after them too, Camorian Pimpton is going to LSU and Kenyon Sadiq to Oregon. Those are all guys that I think are, I don't want to uh, priority is a really strong word when I'm in drafts, but I, if I'm getting to the range where they are, I'm probably going to try to snag at least one of those guys in every draft. If not two, probably not Deuce Robinson. So I'm going to spend a, like a late second on him. This dude, anytime I have a football recruit who's saying, I prefer a different sport, like bells better be going off Nicholas somewhere Harbor. telling you not to do that. So that's why I'm probably, I, we don't know what Harbor is going to do yet. I'm, we probably have to enter him into our rankings at some point. Uh, I'm not taking any Nike Lee's Harbor. I'm just not. Um, and I'm probably not going to take any Deuce Robinson either. Unless, you know, obviously, you know, I don't hate the player. I hate the cost, but I think both those guys are high profile enough that they're going to go way too early for me. Yeah, I haven't really dove, dove that deep into the tight end class yet. I do like Robinson as a player. I do like Rappelier. I do like uh, Pierce Sperlin as well. Um, I do need, I need to watch Sadiq. I always forget about, you've mentioned him a couple times, and I always forget about him because he, he was over in the athlete. He was over as an athlete for a kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, I mean, I think there's some there's some interesting tight ends there, but I'm not super deep in that, and I tend to avoid tight ends uh, anyway. Although, you know, if you took Oscar Delp last year, you're probably pretty happy with that. There were a lot of fun tight ends last year too, but they were more like in an auction. I'm bidding one dollar on them at the end of the draft, like kind yeah. of guys. Um, whereas this year, I think you're actually spending up, you know, some something somewhat substantial for them. Um, yeah, which is fine. I think they're they're all good players, and they're all going to really nice landing spots too. Um, so like, and what we don't even know where Walker Lyons is going yet, who I believe is the tight end four in the composite. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's doing a mission. So like, he's not landing anywhere tomorrow, but the rumor is now Georgia, who also is, who who already has Pierce Sperlin and Lawson Lucky in this class. Lawson Lucky is also a pretty good player and they're trying to get Deuce Robinson and Walker Lyons. So, and they already have Brock Bowers and Delp. Uh, I feel like they brought in somebody else last year too. Uh, probably they did. Um, I feel like they did, but, but yeah, they're just just stop bringing in all of the tight ends. Let somebody the, else have one. The conspiracy theorist to me makes me makes me believe that 
if they're going after all these guys that they are either they think something's going to happen elsewhere with somebody else either already on the roster or one of the other freshmen coming in like they can't possibly think that rostering six tight ends of that quality is a good idea like even because you can't keep all of them happy and in the nil transfer portal era like an embarrassment of riches doesn't last that long if you're not keeping all of them happy because there's no well if you transfer you're gonna have to sit a year and if you're going in conference i can block it like there's there's no more of that anymore these guys can go wherever they want to go so there's I don't know that having all six of them is good business, even with, you know, like I said, Walker Lyons is doing a, a, a mission. A mission. Mm-hmm. So he, he's gone for two years. Um, like even still, and, and Bowers is gone after this year. Okay. That still leaves you, you know, Delp. assuming all of them go there, Delp, Robinson, Lucky, and Sperlin the following year. Like you don't, and like we said, we think there's a fifth guy on that roster somewhere. Uh, you don't need all of those players. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. If I was lost and lucky, I'd be pretty damn pissed right about now because he's definitely probably probably the odd man out. So, yeah, I mean, you got to think he's almost definitely the odd man out. If I if, I, if I'm him, I'm definitely not deleting coaches' numbers out of my phone. <laughs> <laughs> just just saying that. Um, all right, that's gonna do it for tonight's show, guys. Uh, make sure you're checking out everything that we have over at campus Canton.com. Never a better time to join got all sorts of rankings uh double digit tools at this point uh for you to play around with they're really good for rookie season um if you're you know looking more at traditional dynasty type stuff at this point in the year uh that'll help you out there uh you know rankings uh, all sorts of other stuff um the podcast feed still going strong guys we got something for you every day and i know we definitely for sure do because we've got the daily draft report out right now hosted by dwight peebles uh, a short 10-ish minute show every single day about uh, each one about a different prospect in the upcoming NFL draft with a different guest on for every single episode. So a monu- uh, monumental pro- uh, project that Dwight does there, coordinating, uh, getting everybody to sit down with him uh, and talk about these kinds of things. Last week was the first week. A bunch of great players already talked about. Zach yep. Evans, Devin Achain, um, JSN. JSN was on there. Uh, there were a couple. I mean, the, Rasheed Rice. Yes, Rice was the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, th- there's been some good ones over there already. Um, and, uh, check out the YouTube page guys, a lot of content going on over there. I believe there was a new mock draft uploaded over there. Um, so go ahead uh, and check out, uh, that we will be back later this week with Canton bound until then guys, I am Austin and this is Colin. Have a good one. <laughs>